Welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor. In today's bite-sized episode, we're tackling a topic that has become more and more prominent since the pandemic, the importance of lasting human connection. We're joined by Simone Heng, a human connection specialist and author of Secret Pandemic, The Search for Connection in a Lonely World. Simone shares her findings from interviewing hundreds of leaders on the importance of long-lasting connections and shares great advice for any team managers listening today. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this upcoming episode of Bite Size Mentorship with the brilliant Simone Heng. So hi, my name is Simone Heng, and I'm a human connection specialist, which means I get to travel all over the world and inspire people to connect in a world that is just thirsty for connection. We're in the middle of a loneliness epidemic right now. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be in this line of work. I'm also an author on the topic and my newest book will be on stands in the UK June 13th. It's called Let's Talk About Loneliness and it's published by Hay House. And I also am all over social media so you can connect with me at Simone Heng. So a few years ago, I would say in the last five to eight years, I was having my mother having issues connecting with me. She's got a very rare degenerative disease that has dementia as a symptom. And so she was having issues remembering that my father had passed away, remembering her day-to-day life. And I was at risk of her even forgetting me. And so there was that human disconnection there. And at the same time as this was happening, I was working in Singapore. I still am based here, but I was working at a, a radio station there, which was steeped in toxicity. So what it was, it was a different type of loneliness, a different type of disconnection. Here it was a feeling of, I don't belong. I'm considered a foreigner and a lot of workplace bullying. And then in my personal life, I was going through my own therapy journey, healing my childhood trauma. And of course, whenever we have a childhood trauma that's been brought on by relationships, interpersonal relationships, this then shows up in how we connect with people as grown adults. And that, again, was another aspect of human disconnection that I was experiencing. So all arrows were pointing to this message, but it took a big mentor of mine to say, Simone, you know, you're an incredible human connector because, of course, we never think we're, I certainly don't think I was a good connector then compared to what I am now, but I guess he was pointing to something that despite all of these things going on that he didn't know about, in the eyes of other people, I was still showing up quite well. So I thought, well, maybe this is my superpower that I can be suffering so deeply, but I still care so much about other people and connecting with other people and what's happening behind this and how can I find out more? And so that's how it started. So I went a couple of routes. One of them was I interviewed almost a hundred people who I believe were great human connectors and correlated what I felt was coming up as what they had in common, what their superpowers were. And the other part of it was I started reading a lot of like scientific studies and what was backing how we were feeling when we were lonely or how we were feeling when we were well connected. And so a couple of things here, what the studies show us is that people who are well socially connected outlive people who are lonely by something about seven years, I believe. I'm not wrong. And connection is the biggest factor in determining a more extended lifespan. So loneliness is more dangerous for us than an alcohol use habit, obesity, or smoking. It's that dangerous because a fight or flight response gets kicked off in our body. And when that happens, our body's flooded with stress hormones. And incidentally, they're okay. It's just the body's alarm saying, go out and connect. But if you have those stress hormones 
funneling through your body all the time, which people who are chronically lonely do, they then go on to destroy your immunity and therefore diminish your lifespan. So that was probably the most surprising research. I knew that loneliness affected your mental health because I was experiencing it. But the biggest takeaway for everyone listening is that it also has an effect on your physical body as well. So it's not just a woo-woo thing. This is now considered a health crisis in the US. So this is a physical health crisis we have to think about. And on the other hand, the interviewing with lots of people on who are doing it well on the other side of the scale revealed that vulnerability is really our direct route to connection. So the people who felt that they were socially connected, that they had deep, solid people that they could turn to who were always there for them, kind of buffered their feelings of stress. Those are the people who were living happier lives and were human connection superheroes. Those people who just had very surface level conversations, didn't engage in what we call the big talk. These people were less happy, but also felt less connected. I interviewed everyone from the owners of some of Singapore's biggest nightclubs to talk about connection in nightclubs and how it's orchestrated. But the the one that stands out for me the most is a teacher at Singapore's leading school for kids with autism. And obviously, when we talk about children or individuals who have autism, they are connecting in a very, very different way. They are operating in their own reality. And so there's a disconnection there just in external behaviors in being able to get to that deeper point of connection. And I learned from her about persistence and about pivoting your style of communication to make the other person feel comfortable. So if you're ever connecting with a difficult to connect with individual, it's not about you projecting how you like to be comforted or how you want to discuss something. It's actually about thinking how they need to be treated and moving yourself there. And I found that to be fascinating because at the time I was in media and it was such an eye way of operating. And here's something so simple yet so profound of being others driven in a self-driven world changed everything for me, everything. I think one thing that came up with some of the people I interviewed was like the strongest leaders, the most well-liked leaders were good at having some humor. Humor directed at yourself is a form of vulnerability. That's why it's so likable and we connect so much. Last night I watched the Pamela Anderson documentary on Netflix. And here's a woman that was poked fun at but reacted in such a realistic and accepting way about the public's perception of her, which just made us love her more. Like she's so lovable in this. And it's rare to find a leader like that. But what the studies show us is that leaders who use humor and have a sense of humor about themselves, you know, they're 25% more liked by the teams that they're leading. So I think that that's really interesting and something we don't see that much of here in Asia, but certainly I would love to see more of because it really does connect people. And in general, vulnerability, if you want your team to be open and communicate with you, you have to do that first in order to show that the environment is psychologically safe. Once we have psychological safety, we can build trust and trust is the cornerstone of connection. But if they don't feel that you act first, we never get there. So it's having the vulnerability and the bravery to go first. And I think that that's not an easy call for leaders who are known for getting to where they are in the C-suite sometimes because of certain sort of character that they have. And that's why few leaders are doing it because it's so difficult to do. The other thing is in terms of leading remote or hybrid teams, If you're doing a hybrid team, 
you've got to rethink how you're using the workplace when people are coming to work. So whether that you're engaging with a walk and talk or something called a, a walk and talk as opposed to a sit down meeting, like use, if you're going to call people into the office, use the space more creatively. And one thing that I loved, I uh, went to an American Chamber of Commerce event here in Singapore and they, we kind of were brainstorming how they're using their office spaces or the days when people come into work. And one of them was incredible. She said, we do this thing called a huddle. So they don't call it a meeting. So people don't want to go into the office to attend a meeting. And in this huddle, it starts off, they have three question prompts, which I loved. And the first question is, what went well last week? The second thing is, what do I need to accomplish this week? And the third thing is a vulnerability prompt. It says, you know, what help do I need in order to accomplish this this week? And you look around the people in the huddle and you, you, you're putting it out there in an act of vulnerability, what you need. And the leader has to go first in this. But it works really effectively to create a feeling of connection because here's everyone not only saying, I need my teammate, in the act of saying, I need my teammate to help me with this task, you're also saying, I need connection, which is controversial in the era where we're sitting at home with Slack and all these tools and somehow convincing ourselves we can do it all remote. You know, So those are just a couple of really tangible tools that I think could really work beyond the small sample I've interviewed, but for, for leaders on a larger scale. There's a big rhetoric online where people think that they're introverts and they don't need so much connection. Yes, we get more introverted as we get older. It's just due to science. The reason we are social in our 20s is actually to find a mate and mate off. That's what's wired into us. So yes, you will be more introverted when you're older, but let's everyone get on the same page. What the science shows us, what the mental health crisis shows us is that all of us on a differing spectrum need human connection. We need to connect with other humans. It's part of how our brain is wired. So glossing over this topic and thinking that it doesn't apply to you or that it's not important, if you're leading teams, it will most certainly be important to at least one member of your team. So as a leader, you need to be aware of it. Thank you so much for tuning in again today. And I really hope you enjoyed Simone's mentorship in today's episode. We've left some links in the show notes to find out more about her work and links to her book, which we highly recommend. We may be coming to the end of this series of 40 Minute Mentor, but we have some exciting features coming out in the next few weeks. So if you're looking to get direct access to an audience of category-defining founders, C-suite level decision makers, and high-performing operators looking for their next job, then please do get in touch with our head of marketing, Hannah, who'd love to speak to you about our partnership and sponsorship offerings. You can reach her on hannah at jbmc.co.uk. That's all from me today. So thank you for tuning in again. And I'll see you again on Wednesday for more pocket-sized career mentorship. <laughs>